Hey, it's Bill Simmons. Today's episode of Channel 33 is brought to you by SeatGeek, the presenting sponsor for my podcast, as well as the only fan-friendly app for buying and selling tickets for sports and music. With just two taps on your phone, you can instantly buy SeatGeek tickets to an event, and you can enter that event just using your phone. No paper tickets. Drop your old ticket app. Use one that's built for 2016. Download the free SeatGeek app or go to SeatGeek.com. Channel 33, and this is Molly McHugh. I'm a editor for The Ringer, and in this episode, we are going to go over some of the weird, good, bad stuff that happened on the internet and to technology in 2016. Um, in As a whole, it really feels like the entire internet subculture just surfaced and became mainstream, and there's not as much unknown territory anymore, and it feels like people kind of figured out how to control platforms to hilarious, wonderful and also disastrous effect. So we are gonna do a bunch of best and worst in technology of 2016. And here to do that with me, I have Ringer staff, Kate Nibbs, Alyssa Bereznak, and Victor Lukerson. And we're gonna start reviewing some of the best stuff that happened in technology this year and some of the worst. Uh, so how this is gonna work is I'm going to choose a topic and we're gonna do best worst. And I'm gonna start with a really easy one. So from iPhone 7, to spectacles, to AirPods, and a new Galaxy phone. We're going to talk about the best and worst product launches. So I'm going to go ahead and say, Kate, can you give me your best and worst takes on this one first? Yes. Um, I mean, the worst to me is fairly obvious. The Samsung Note 7 uh, kept blowing up. It's no longer allowed on airplanes. It from a product standpoint, it's like a spectacular failure. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty bad. Yeah. Um, for the best, I was kind of underwhelmed by most of the consumer tech products that came out this year, but I was pretty charmed by Spectacles launch. That's uh, Snapchat, now Snaps, uh, recording sunglass gadget. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, I I don't have them, but I would definitely accept them as a gift. And it's a, sort of a novelty device, but they rolled them out by um, installing uh, these booths uh, in various cities throughout America and hyping them up pretty effectively. And I, I thought it was really well done. Yeah, I finally got to try some. Um, they are fine, but I had a good time getting them. <laughs> Alyssa, what are yours? <laughs> Well, I kind of agree with Kate um, in this uh, for the best um, launch because spectacles were really charming just in their packaging. Like I am really into the weird little like animal eye they've used to brand it. And I also really appreciated that they put the weird bright yellow vending machines in um, like very Americana spots like uh, they had one in the Grand Canyon and like um, at Santa Mo Monica Pier and and it just made for like a really smart way to see the actual snap spectacle videos um, even though they're basically like Google Glass except like way cooler so that just demonstrates how branding and launch can really go a long way um, for me the worst launch was the iPhone 7 just because Apple knew that like people were going to be upset about the loss of a headphone jack and 
instead of just being like, sorry, we're doing this, it's for the best, they were like, no, we did this because of courage. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I just thought that that was like such an insane display of like uh, the, the weirdo, like Silicon Valley idealism. Um, like viewpoint that you aren't doing things for profit you're doing them to make the world a better place like people use the word courage to describe war heroes not like i don't know like very high paid engineers who are trying to maximize an iphone for profit and that was a <laughs> so, that was a true low point was the use of the word courage yeah, I'm still upset about it so the cringe <laughs> felt around the internet <laughs> okay victor what do you have uh, I'm also on board with these spectacles. Um, I thought the way they were able to, I guess, manufacture scarcity by having so few of them out there ended up driving a lot of interest in them. Um, and also sort of they play by playing up the physical aspect of them by having those vending machines out there versus, you know, you have Google Glass, which is kind of a similar concept a few years ago. But I guess with that, it was like you had to go on a website and order them, which is a little less exciting. I think having them in the physical space really sort of like captured people's imagination in a way that Google, Google Glass never really, really managed to do. I think we all agree that Spectacles was the best launch. Um, I, I would go AirPods is the worst because they looked like uh, electric toothbrush heads and also did not come out on time. So uh, that's I'm going to have to go with that for worst. What what did you get, Victor, on worst? Oh, I was with Kate on the Galaxy Note 7. All right. um, I mean, just an exploding phone is like pretty damn bad. So it's kind of <laughs> hard, hard to top for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's fair. Um, okay, let's get into like a very businessy tech one right after we do launch. What was the best and worst acquisition? I think this could be boring, but I'm like hoping your guys' answers are really exciting. Uh, I'm gonna go, Vic, we're gonna reverse. So, Victor, you can start. Uh, sure. Uh, I thought the best acquisition was Uber uh, acquiring Auto, the uh, self driving co- truck company. Uh, Auto's about a year old, and some of the people at the startup actually were part of Google's self-driving car program. Um, so Uber snatched them up just a few months after they launched, and they actually managed to have a self-driving truck delivery of beer in Colorado uh, a couple months ago. So Uber's sort of long-term goal is to replace all of their human drivers with a self-driving fleet, and Auto sort of has that technology, or they're develop- developing it really well. So I mean, for Uber, it was a smart pick to sort of uh, get up to par with Google and a lot of the other competitors in the space. Do you have a worst one? Uh, definitely Verizon acquiring Yahoo. Like that was kind of suspect <laughs> from the jump because Yahoo is like a pretty backwards looking company. But then you have to add on to the fact they had like a they had have, have had multiple security breaches this year. Um, they disclosed the first one, which I think was five hundred million accounts that had been compromised in some way. And then this this week they had. Uh, 1 billion accounts that were compromised uh, back in 2013. So I think at this point, even Verizon is sort of like not actually said if they're going to go through with the deal, which is pretty awkward. Um, oh, God. So. It no, kind of you- reminds me of like when you go to like a retailer and you see a stain on a really expensive blouse and you're like, can you give me a discount on that? <laughs> <laughs> no, you totally took mine. That's exactly what I was going to say. Um, at this point, should Yahoo just be like most of the accounts were hacked? You know, like we don't need numbers anymore. Just we're pretty much if you've had any account here, you're in trouble. Right. Also, everybody's pretty much had a Yahoo account at some point. So we've basically all been compromised. I didn't even know I had one. And I got an email this week and it was really sad for me. Damn. (laughs) Dark days. Uh, All right, Kate, what do you have? Um, You know, I 
I'm going to focus on the worst because I just think it's insane that anyone would pay $26 billion for the most boring social network of all time. Um, maybe Microsoft will be able to justify buying LinkedIn, but I really don't see how it can. Uh, <laughs> like I, and I do agree that Yahoo, the Yahoo acquisition was a bad deal, but just I, I don't understand how LinkedIn is worth $26 billion. Yeah, LinkedIn is the most useless um, thing I've ever encountered in my life. And I wonder maybe people in like different areas of work are benefiting from this network, but I just don't understand. Um, So you don't have a best because you hate acquisitions. (laughs) Alyssa, what do you got? (laughs) Well, um, Microsoft buying LinkedIn was also my worst just because I find it to be like a completely joyless social network that somehow wasn't able to develop a community of weird people, which seems just like a basic requirement of any social network. Totally. I remember writing about that this year. Um, And it's just really a boring deal to me. Like I get that maybe their interests align in a lot of ways, uh, but it, and like workplace productivity, et cetera. Um, But I just hate it. For best, I would say Snapchat buying Bitmoji for completely selfish reasons, like all Miranda Kerr um, engagement Bitmoji announcement aside, like I thought that was really annoying. I do like how they integrated Bitmoji into the um, individual chat section so that now you can like be in a Bitmoji illustration with your friend if they also connect their account. So like me and my friends send um, like Bitmoji illustrations to like to each other like of like us having drinks when we live in different states and it's like endlessly entertaining. I think this <laughs> is an appropriate time for me to announce that I don't understand Bitmoji. Has I've never used it and I don't get it and I think it might be too late for me. Um, oh, great. So I feel really bad for all of you. My <laughs> but it's because bit strips were so terrible if you remember. It was those awful comics people had of like themselves doing stupid stuff and they were on Facebook nonstop for like a m- couple weeks or something a few years ago. And I just was it was my it was like a hard drop. Like I will never associate with this uh, medium whatsoever. So I, I've missed the Bitmoji train. Is it too late They're for me? They're super cheesy. I totally agree. But okay. um, and I never like post them publicly. It's it's I'm embarrassed that I like them, but they still entertain me. <laughs> right. I know you can send them to me anytime. I just don't know how to make them. And I feel like it's too late for me to learn. But yeah, I accept all Bitmoji. It's really easy, Kate. I'll show you. <laughs> I need a let my friend sent me one of like a sloth and her this week. And I was just like, am I the sloth? I don't I don't know how it works, um, but which is a great transition to what is your favorite app of the year? Um, we'll go with worst app of the year, too. But it, your answer can't be Bitmoji. I'm sorry. Alyssa, you can start. <laughs> um, I was actually going to say Signal to be kind of serious. Whoa. Um, I know. It's very serious. Serious me, but- answer. Signal is an encrypted messaging app that doesn't like make you go through like jump through a bunch of hoops to make things encrypted. It could be cuter. Um, It could have like more stickers and like options to be cute in general, but uh, it like serves a really good purpose. Um, given recent developments <laughs> um, and, and um, you know, minimizing your paranoia over the next four years. So, uh, yeah, uh, I would recommend downloading it to avoid being surveyed. 
Do you have a worst app or just like some? Yeah, actually, it's also a messenger app, uh, Google Allo. Um, <laughs> Google made a big deal out of it when it was announced. And it, the whole idea was that there was like a voice assist, like an assistant you could talk to. And then you and your friends could play like emoji quiz games and ask for movie times and like reserve a movie ticket together. And it just ended up feeling like really forced and frivolous and not natural at all. And me and my friends, tried it out for about 20 minutes um and it just like never really vibed with us so you've done a lot of like group messaging uh experimentation this year yeah what can i say i have an extensive network of friends molly yeah you're very popular (laughs) i'm impressed um okay cool kate what do you have so i was going to talk about signal but i think Alyssa nailed it although everyone should download it um but i will say that Um, Instagram brought me the most joy this year. I know that they totally copycatted Snapchat and I feel a little bit bad for Snapchat because, you know, their their style was bit so hard, but all of my friends started using the Instagram stories. And so now I can see what they're doing all the time and I really enjoy it. And uh, it's my, I think it's my most used app and it's my favorite. I like what they're doing. All right. It's a good like standby answer. It's always it's just, it's a fave. Yeah, but my worst app is definitely Tidal. Um, I downloaded Tidal this year when Lemonade came out and Prince died, and uh, Prince's music and Lemonade were both only available on Tidal. Um, and I was open to switching over from Spotify, but I really did not like the user experience, and I immediately switched back. And I've I've never had any regrets. Yeah, title um, felt like a trap the entire time, and I took no part in any of it. Uh, but I have very bad music consumption habits, so I'm just going to move along to Victor now. Um, so I didn't really pick a best app. I was just thinking about my experiences this year, and nothing new that new stood out to me that much. Um, I would imagine that aligns with a lot of regular people because, like, there's research, research shows that um people are spending more and more time in fewer and fewer apps so that was kind of me this year so in terms of like the stuff that's new in the landscape like there's nothing new that really caught my eye to be honest do you have one that launched or like a new one that you just hated or something that you realized you hated uh well this might be a hot take but it's definitely twitter for me um, damn i actually pretty, pretty recently decided to stop using twitter regularly um did you I delete think- it from your phone I deleted it from my phone. I'm trying to use it left on desktop. Um, I think the A, there's just the level of like a harassment and also just the angry tenor has been an issue the entire year. And then after Donald Trump's election, it's really got to take it up to another level. So I can't really deal with an app that's in crisis mode at all times for my mental health. So (laughs) I'm off the Twitter train, basically. That's like an act of self-care, basically. (laughs) No, that's probably wise. Um, Man, I could talk about apps all day, but uh, my I started using um, one second every day. Do you guys know what that is or use it? Is it where you record one second every day? You nailed it, Kate. Um, <laughs> I don't use it, but I just guessed. You did a great job. Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I had a friend. She like I think it like around this time last year, she posted like the video that the app had created for her. And I was just like, oh, my God, my like digitally curated nostalgia levels are being met by this video. And I started using it 
uh, pretty on and off this year. And I'll tell you a couple of things I like about it. One, you you do get this very fun video of these just such random moments that would make no sense to be, you know, collected in any other way whatsoever. Um, the push notifications are hilarious. Like, they're very, like, deep. It's just like, time is a construct and a flat circle, but... You know, remember, and it's the, I, and I, I signed up to get them multiple times a day, and they're just these like tiny little um, hilarious reminders uh, that I enjoy. So I, I'm all in on that. Um, I think my worst app is this makes me really sad to say, but I think it was Pokemon Go because the fall from grace was just so abrupt. Like I was in, I loved it, I had so much fun. I was the kid walking around, like trying to catch a freaking Squirtle or whatever. And then just just like that, I was out and nothing could bring me back. And so that that was a little that was a little sad. Yeah, I loved Pokemon Go for 48 hours and then I just stopped using it. Yeah. I'm really embarrassed that I'm still playing it, but it's just an addiction thing. I'm proud of you. <laughs> I was going to ask Alyssa if you were still playing it, and I, I'm thrilled. I feel like you should uh, talk about being like the last Pokemon Go player in the entire it's world. So but... lonely. It's so lonely. I know. I know one other person who plays it, and we kind of talk about our collection sometimes. But it's just like it's you know, like joy- joylessly like slinging a ball at a random Pidgey or whatever. Right. There's no. I mean, it's literally just Candy Crush. Like, ask to me now. (laughs) Damn, it was so much fun. Um, Okay, so moving on to our next one. I'm really excited for your guys' answers, but also a little bit scared about this one. What was, and there's no worse to this one because I just enjoy all of it. Um, What was the best or just craziest tech feud? And which this can be like beef between companies or people in tech or even just like the media taking on tech in some way. yeah, yeah. So let's start with Alyssa. Oh my god. So I think the the like juiciest bit of tech feud that I read about this year was when um Nick Bolton uh Bilton did a uh play by play of like how Theranos fell for Vanity Fair. And he described the scene where a crowd of Theranos employees chanted, fuck you, Carriou, um, in defiance of the Wall Street Journal journalist, John Carriou, who originally broke the story, um, because they thought that uh, he had sort of made up that the company was technically bullshit. Um, <laughs> but it turns out he was right. <laughs> so anyway, there's this scene where they're screaming like, fuck you, care you. And I just think that that's like every journalist's goal <laughs> in life to like have an entire company chanting their name like that. Um, and I mean, that was a really sad story about like the actual people negatively affected by Theranos. But um, that was a very juicy detail of um, media v tech. Yeah, no, I I just described Pokemon Go as like our biggest fall from grace this year. And now I feel like an idiot because um, it was for <laughs> sure Theranos, <laughs> a little bit of a bigger deal. Um, yeah, watching that completely blow up was um, incredible. I think that story is going to continue into 2017, and it will haunt us for years. Um, but yeah, that's a great one. Uh, all right, Victor, what do you have? Uh, like Alyssa, I also agree that uh, Theranos versus the Wall Street Journal was pretty epic. I didn't know that anecdote she told, but that's pretty fascinating and exciting for a journalist. Um, but I think it's really interesting that they've been able to stay on top of this story for so long. You know, it started in October of 2015, but I mean, they're still pursuing it to this day. And uh, Elizabeth Holmes has been banned from 
by performing those blood tests for two years. Um, I think the company itself has said that they are switching their entire strat- business strategy now. So, and the fact that uh, Theranos' lawyers were so intimidating to the journal and they, you know, continue to pursue the story is pretty inspiring, I think, for any reporter. So, And we're going to get a movie out of it starring Jennifer Lawrence. All right. <laughs> I, yeah, I, which is Yay. thrilling. I'm so excited. I want to see who <laughs> plays uh, Carrie. You. I, I'm just, I'm so excited. I also want to see who plays the whistleblower because he was a very, he's so hot. He's oh, very yeah. attractive. I feel like Andrew Garfield would be a good whistleblower and Mark Ruffalo would be a good Carrie. <laughs> oh, totally. I can see that. Um, great. So next podcast, we'll just, we're going to cast the movie of Theranos and it's going to be <laughs> um, really shallow. Uh, Kate, what are your, what's yours? Okay, so I agree that Theranos was an amazing drama, but one of the Silicon Valley battles that captured my attention this year was Hyperloop One, which is a company that's trying to build a Hyperloop, but it's not owned by Elon Musk. It's like the other sort of off-brand Hyperloop company. Um, They had a really crazy court battle that was settled in November, but um, the, the founders basically had this insane infight where one of them left a noose on another's desk. And uh, the man who ended up quitting the company is named Brogan Bam Brogan, which is like the greatest (laughs) (laughs) Silicon Valley entrepreneur name of all time. Um, So I followed that court case pretty closely and I highly recommend looking it up. I also wrote a story about it, not to plug myself, Um, but it's a, just a silly sort of disturbing but always entertaining uh example of what happens when egos clash i might be inventing this in my head but doesn't brogan bam brogan's wife have a really weird name yeah it's bambi her name is it's bambi <laughs> bambi bam brogan <laughs> it's just so perfect also i think his actual name is kevin so but that makes it even better <laughs> That was a, that's a great one. What a good story. Um, I really liked how Mark Zuckerberg passive aggressively got mad at Elon Musk for ruining his satellite when <laughs> with the SpaceX yes. explosion. He wrote this Facebook post that was just like, I'm truly disappointed, which is like the most dad take on this. And then all of the conspiracy theories that like SpaceX did it on purpose, uh, just a slight Facebook and um, it was just it was so it's so much money and so dumb that I <laughs> I love it so much I like to imagine that they're so mad at each other you know like if they pass each other going up to Trump Tower there it's going to be a little uncomfortable um, it'll be uncomfortable for a lot of reasons what but- was Zuckerberg mad about like his like internet satellite was ruined or something yeah yeah this you know multi-million dollar satellite was ruined because of the explosion and um he and then there was like this stupid rumor that maybe it was sabotage which i am here for a (laughs) hundred percent um but seems really excessive since the satellite sounds like it doesn't work anyway um (laughs) i could we could probably do an entire episode about these feuds but uh the next one our next category here in this game is very fun what are the best and the worst memes? Uh, Kate, I'm going to start with you. Okay, so my favorite meme possibly ever is is a tweet, unfortunately, Victor. Um, and it's 
the tweet with <laughs> it's the Jared Leto jacket. Do you guys know what I'm talking <laughs> yes. about? Yes. Okay, this this brought like more joy to my heart than basically anything else this year. Um, and if you don't know what it is, just Google Jared Leto jacket. But it's this photo of Jared Leto. I don't know how you say his name. Leto Leto. Anyways. We'll go back and um, forth. It's fine. Yeah. He's looking at a um, person walking down a runway wearing a bright green jacket with this like look of fascination on his face. And then the next panel is him wearing the jacket. And I can't like describe the meme, but it's incredible. And I loved it so much. No, it, we should it's... also note that the jacket itself is whack. Like, <laughs> it's so ugly. It's like bright green and sort of like an elf jacket. I think it was from Gucci or something. Probably it costs like thousands of dollars, but that's part of the reason it's so funny. No, it's so great because you just see him looking at the jacket like, I must own that jacket. And then like a year later, he shows up wearing it and fe- just totally feeling himself. Um, it was incredible. No, very joyful. What was uh, What's your worst meme if you have one? Yeah, I do. I really did not like Ken Bone. Um, the whole th- I I kind of I was sick during the debate that Ken Bone became a thing um, at, and so I missed the the part of the meme where everyone was just excited about this adorable looking man. And I I don't know. I just didn't like anything about it. I didn't like when people found out he had weird Reddit comments about pregnancy porn i really didn't like when he i didn't like anything about this meme i'll just put it that way what did he call them beautiful human submarines yeah yeah he did i just i just hated every second of the ken bone phenomenon i wish it never happened i had been on a hiking trip days before that so i was offline until like the morning it all started getting really out of control and i've never been so confused um like he's lovable but he called women beautiful human sub like I don't who is this person it was very confusing that was terrible nothing about that was good um 100% agree uh Victor what do you have for best and worst meme even though it might be hard for you because you're off Twitter now so you don't see them as often right but I was I was in pretty deep until recently um I really enjoyed uh evil Kermit which is a picture of Kermit facing himself in like a uh Darth Vader looking cloak basically um, and you have one half, it's like you're a few thoughts of one person where the first thought is a positive thought and the second thought is like the devil on your shoulder telling you not to do it. Um, it was really adaptable, which I liked. So a lot of different scenarios. And it was also kind of weird because no one really knew, or I didn't know at least where this picture of Kermit facing Kermit had come from. So I think a lot of really good memes sort of combine a universality with a little bit of weirdness. And I thought Evil Kermit did that pretty well. So yeah, did you ever find out where the image came from the, of Kermit? Oh yeah, it's from like the last Muppet movie. Um, oh, okay, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the exact context. I don't know whether it's Kermit actually facing a clone of himself, or if it's him having the actual existential, existential crisis that the meme portrays. But it's from the last Muppet film. Got it. Uh, what's your worst? Um, I guess this might be another hot take, but I really don't like Crying Jordan. Um, I feel like that. That meme, A, is really old. Like, I saw that on message boards, like, several years ago. And also this year, it sort of got explained to death. Like, I think there's a New Yorker explainer about Crying Jordan and a lot of other sort of, like, content around it. So um, for me, it, it, it had already exhausted its usefulness before this year. And there's also a much better gif of Michael Jordan laughing on Oprah that I think should have gotten <laughs> all the credit, all the attention. So... I encourage people to look look up look, look up laughing Jordan over crying Jordan. 
Victor, you need to make this happen. Can be your goal for 2017. <laughs> yeah, it's a new, the new year is coming. There's so much time. Um, okay, Alyssa, what are yours? Okay, so I actually had a runner-up for best because we should all acknowledge woke Glenn Beck, which was just like him in a scarf and like some spectacles, like post um, him coming out is like not as conservative as he originally was. And it lived for a very brief moment probably only on a few people's Twitter, but I really like Woke Glenn Beck. That's my runner-up. My favorite one was Ted Cruz's Zodiac Killer, just because um, it took a trope of the right, which is just making maybe untrue accusations, like, I don't know, that uh, Obama started ISIS, and took it to extreme heights in the other level, in like a, a mathematically impossible level that Ted Cruz is a Zodiac killer. <laughs> I mean, he's obviously not, but that the fact that like all of these teens just like really banded together to insist that he was drove people who love logic insane on the internet. <laughs> yeah, that was incredible. Um, and like, I just remember that like teens were literally using like, like, um, Zodiac, like Ted Cruz as Zodiac killer themed signs to ask each other to prom or like to say happy birthday like it was getting on that level teens are um, so great <laughs> yeah we should really just give it up for teens in 2016 yeah like, oh for sure <laughs> like thank you for the mannequin challenge thank you for this um and my worst was actually harambe i don't know if that's controversial or not but i just like think the premise of it was like always fucked up like that, yeah it was just like not cool and then everyone like someone asked donald trump about it and that wasn't cool and lots of other things happened that um like i definitely laughed at relating to the harambe theme mostly people just like having harambe signs at political rallies right but uh i i thought that it went on for too long and then there was that horrible new york times article about how like people at the zoo are having a hard time moving on because it became a meme and i was like oh man yeah that was messed up there not a lot of good things came out of that. Um, I really enjoyed Dat Boy, which I still don't understand. And I, <laughs> I, I can only describe it as a frog riding a unicycle. Um, and that's I mean, I, I didn't really try and understand it. I just really enjoyed it every time I saw it. And I don't know if this is a meme, but I just really hated everything about Chewbacca Mom. From the beginning. Oh, and she's getting a TV show on <laughs> Discovery or something like that. It's like a digital only thing, but like it is bleak out there. Um, but in a more positive note, we're going to do a quick outro here and uh, talk about like the most hopeful thing that happened this year. You know, like a lot of really bad stuff happened. We just like Uber's tracking us. All the Galaxy phones are exploding. Um, I don't really want to talk about fake news, but it's it's a problem. Um, but so what's something that happened this year or was announced or is coming that you're excited and hopeful about? Um, Victor, start with you really quick. Uh, I'm pretty into the Nintendo Switch. Um, yeah, I'm a totally. Gamer and I've and I've been I think I've, I've had every Nintendo system since the N64. And the Switch is going to be the first one where they combine their console and handheld games. So theoretically, they should have more good Nintendo games than any system in the past. So um, I'm excited about it. And I think it'll provide some much needed uh, breaks from reality in 2017. So, Yeah, great one. Uh, Alyssa, what do you got? I'm actually excited about this startup called Appeal, which uh, uses like 
like antimicrobial microbial um, film like to put on produce so that it doesn't get um, like bad as quickly. Uh, just because like that's a really huge problem I have with avocados. It's like the saddest <laughs> part of my life. This is I... so specific. I love it. This is great. <laughs> well, I mean, I just I guess I I wanted to pick something where like people had come up with a technology to really address a problem with my life. Like I love my Google Home. I just I don't think that it really like I just get to come home and be like, tell me the news, Google Home, which I could have definitely just done by looking at my phone. But I mean, with appeal, like no one else can give that to me. And that's a huge problem I have. Like, I'm from California. I really demand good produce and it's hard to get it in New York. And that's my liberal privileged coastal rant for the day. I got you. I a, An overripened <laughs> avocado is a travesty of unknown proportions. I agree. Um, <laughs> Kate, what do you got? So I spent a lot of this year uh, thinking about like the limits of technology and being bummed out. But I will say that I'm really excited about breakthroughs in like biomedical fields. I'm really excited. They're starting um, gene editing tests on humans really soon um, using the CRISPR technique. And I don't really even know what that is because I'm not a biologist. But um, I think that technology can be harnessed to make our lives better if it can be used to save our lives and cure us of our illnesses. And I have hope that it will extend human life. Um, and so I'm excited about that. That's a really big hope. And I commend you for having that um, as we are like, we're excited about produce. But um, <laughs> no, small and big victories. Not at all. Not at all. I'm excited about it, too. It's just really funny back to back. Mine is really dumb. Mine. I'm just happy we can download Netflix stuff now, you guys. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. I didn't even think about that. I'm living for the now. I'm not even thinking about <laughs> five years in the future. Um, okay, well, cool. I just want this is a great wrap up of the year and all these terrible and awesome things that happened. Um, so thanks for chatting about them, you guys. Thanks for having us. Yeah, all right. I'll us. talk to you later. So that has been our podcast reviewing how 2016 went in technology. Um, thank you so much to Alyssa, Kate and Victor for joining me. Please read everything we're writing about all of this on TheRinger.com. And thank you for listening. 